Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of Through Our Eyes. My name is Madam, I'm your host, and I'm very excited to be here today. Now, the podcast was on the small hiatus for the past month. Um, I was not in Algeria, I was traveling, and I wanted to take some time with my family, which is why I chose to stop it for the month so that I could focus on it again when I'm back. I'm back, so the podcast is back as well. Um, if this is your first time here, welcome. I hope you're going to enjoy this. If it's not and you're coming back, welcome back. So happy that you're here. Today, we are going to be discussing a topic that has honestly been on my mind a lot lately. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about, and I think it's something that a lot of people have been experiencing in the past couple years uh, due to COVID due to post-COVID because COVID affected us in such a tremendous way. So today we are going to be discussing loneliness, coping mechanisms and community. I'm very excited to talk about this and as my guest I have a very dear friend of mine, um, Victor. Hello. Hello guys, how are you? So my name is Victor. My name, it's João Victor, but I say the most part of the people can call me just Victor. It's easier. I have 21 years old. Um, actually, um, right now, I'm a VP of Isaac in yes. Brazil. I'm the VP of Isaac San Carlos. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to uh, show myself. And you're a great person. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure. Um, so today we are going to be talking about loneliness, coping mechanisms, and community. How would you define loneliness? So loneliness. I truly don't know how uh, how I can describe loneliness. It's a very tough word to describe. It's an abstract word, so it's truly hard. But I think loneliness is the time that you are truly alone. Not just alone from people, but alone with your feelings. Like you don't feel the things like uh, the way that you feel before. You are starting to get um, away from the other things that you love to do and you like to do. Away from if, you, if people that you like to be with. And mostly these, I think. I don't have like a really good definings of the the word loneliness oh yeah you raised a good point there's definitely a very big difference between feeling lonely and being alone because as you said you can be surrounded by people that feel very lonely and i think that the difference here lies in our ability to reach out and connect to them because imagine you are in a room full of people and you feel lonely. I think that you feel this way because you feel like you are unable to connect with the people around you. And maybe you feel like they're not understanding you. Maybe you are not going through similar things. Maybe you're on different wavelengths. So there is definitely a very big difference between being alone and being lonely. Have you experienced such feelings recently? Recently, no. I think recently, no. But that's great. Like, yeah, like uh, 
few years ago, like mm-hmm. I don't know, when I was 15, 15, mm-hmm. yeah, 15, and I few it before um, in the 18 too, basically. But it's very tough to deal with it in the first moment when I was 15. I was dealing with a time that I was in other city, um, around, uh, from people like everywhere. I was in, I live in basically a small city and went to a big city, an extremely big city, one of the capitals of Brazil. And this capital just feel extremely lonely. I can't connect truly with people. And I lost the most part of my friends when I was going there. So that was extremely hard to me to, to, to deal with this loneliness and deal with the, the loss of my dear friends and stuff. It yeah. extremely- it, it's really interesting how people tend to feel lonelier in big cities when it's actually ironic because there are more people. So you're, you're supposed to have more people to reach out to. But that is definitely a very weird phenomenon that I've noticed as well. What do you think it's due? Maybe do you think it's because there are so many people that we don't connect the way we would connect if it were a smaller town? Mm, I think that's the most uh, important thing that you have to to have to not be feel lonely is the connection. And I think in bigger cities, the people are um, use you to not um, like great connections. How can I say it? Um, long connections, like truly connections. Mm-hmm. So they are like, um, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Bye. So you can't <laughs> uh, start to gr- uh, do a great connection with them. In small cities, in most small cities, you see the people more often, so it's easier to to increase the contact that you have with these people, and by this you start not um, feeling how can you say it, uh, not protected but um, comfortable comfortable mm-hmm. around them, and you start not to feel lonely. You start to feel connected with them, and you feel more engaged basically that's true that's definitely true um right now as you're saying this i've been thinking and i've been comparing you know my life in big cities and my life in like smaller towns and there is definitely a very big difference like right now i live in it's basically a city where kind of everyone knows each other it's not very big it's not very small it's like middle sized and there is a sense of feeling comfortable because I get my groceries from the same people. I get my vegetables from the same people. I go, you know, even the people that I see at university are kind of similar because right now I'm part of a very small cohort where not a lot of people like we used to be before. So I feel like seeing the same faces over and over again does bring you a sense of feeling more comfortable as you said yeah exactly how has covid affected you mm, let me think 
look, it affected me a little bit, but not so much. So much. Um, I was affected because I have to stay away from my friends for some months. But normally, I'm not like a people that uh, once the uh, connection with my friends, uh, like every day or every week. So it was in the beginning normal. It's not so hard to me. But when the time was starting to pass, like um, um, four months, five months, and in this progression, I start feeling lonely, starting feeling um, like abandoned. But it's not, not abandoned in the word. It's like I feel not abandoned. It's like um, ignored. Um, it starts to make me feeling so sad and so um tired like uh, was doing like a lot of things to how can i say it to compensate my my time with with nobody with the um if uh, my time is staying home basically so i try i started doing like some course courses courses um i started to study for um going to university and i achieve it but in this middle time, in this middle term, I start so, I start to being so tired, so extremely tired, like almost Bruno, burn out. But mm-hmm. I don't know how to say, like, and I wasn't feeling uh, lonely in this moment. I was starting feeling lonely just before. But the feeling of um, the feeling like when you feel lonely, you feel like a, how can I say it? I don't know how to <laughs> describe the feeling of being lonely, but it's basically um, it's hard. It's tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was feeling that way, but I'm not feeling lonely. But when the time starting to pass, I was starting feeling lonely and that's um, was extremely tough because I don't have a way to see my friends. Um, I can't talk to them with WhatsApp or Telegram, but only that basically everything has closed in the, in the time. And it was extremely tough, truly extremely tough. And how was the transition to, you know, post COVID? I think it was tough too, but it's extremely easier compared to the uh, the time before. Um, it's a little bit awkward because I'm not used to that. I was like uh, get starting to get used to the quarantine, so and we were starting to see the more see more people, starting to um, get off her home. Basically, mm-hmm. it's awkward in the first moment but after after some some time you start to get used to that and it was like common again but it's not common because you are um user to the other form and it's not the normal that you are um use it uh, before the quarantine so it was weirded weirded <laughs> i don't know but um, I think the transition was, like I said, awkward, 
but yeah. I get it easier, like the uh, compared to the quarantine. Um, I'm starting to um, engage more with my friends, hang out more with my friends. So it was extremely good in that way. Starting mm -hmm. to knew more people, um, talk more with people that I didn't work, didn't uh, know before. So, in the same way, it was awkward. It was extremely good for me. Definitely, I feel like you know during the beginning of the quarantine, I personally relate a lot to what you just said because I. At first, like the first two weeks of quarantine were an absolute mess for me because I thought that it was only going to be two weeks and it ended up being, I don't know how many months. But then I started filling my time with a lot of things so that I wouldn't, you know, stop and just do nothing because then I feel like quarantine specifically forced me to unpack a lot of emotional baggage that I didn't realize I had and it forced me to also reflect on my relationships because I am someone who reached out to people I love my friends I love my family and I love staying in touch with them and COVID made me realize that I do love them and you know that's not something that changes but I needed, I was socially burnt out in a way because I was always surrounded by people, um, always on the go, always doing something, always meeting someone. And then COVID happened and everything stopped and it was just me. And, you know, it makes you think like there is this quote I heard the other day and it said, stop texting people first and you will realize how many dead plants you are watering. And now you have this big question about all of your relationship of, is this a dead plant that I'm watering? I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, do you see relationships as, let's say, a seed that you plant and then that you need to nurture for it to grow? Or is it more something that just happens spontaneously and you don't really think much of it? Mm, that's truly good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think they are the both things. Some sometimes you just made friends of no nowhere basically, and sometimes you have to grow it and nurturing for a long time to it start start to growing. I don't know. I think it's more of um, feeling. Like some people, it's easier you to connect because they have more things in common with you. But sometimes some some um, some people are more like introverted or mm -hmm. they just don't show like who they are or don't see the the connection that you have with them so easier so have to keep more in touch to get a um how can i say a better contact with them basically. are you an introverted person or an extroverted person <sighs> it depends an ambivert uh, <laughs> Like in my time in Isaac, I was um, like, I have to talk from much, um, a lot of people, basically. So I have to be extroverted. But outside of Isaac, outside of the work, I, have to, I don't have to be extroverted. 
So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more introverted. That's my like common. But now I'm starting to, to become more extrovert. No. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I've noticed this in a lot of ISACers where in an ISAC kind of environment, everyone is like very outgoing, very bubbly, loves talking and meeting new people. And then when you are in a normal setting, let's say outside or at school or anywhere that does not involve ASIC, everyone is like in their little corner, a bit shy, kind of like, you know. <laughs> and it's really yeah. interesting how so many people, so many ASICers around the world really relate to this. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, I think it's like I said, uh, it's about contact. And the Isaac so have people so many, uh, so much um, similar to you. So it's easier to connect. It's easier to to talk with them and and starting to to have a contact with them. Starting to have this friendship. And people that you don't know, basically, you don't have like uh, some uh, things that are common um, that you see they are common, like. All right. I mean, it's how we connected. We are on two different sides of the world. If it were not for an ISEC event, I don't think our paths would have ever met, ever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, going back to the point of being introverted and extroverted, there is this very interesting thing that my cousin pointed out one day because I was asking her the same question of, are you introverted or extroverted? And then she answered and she asked me and I was like, oh, I'm introverted. And she was like, no, you're not. (laughs) You are not an introverted person. You are just a person who is very selective of their environment. Meaning that when I am comfortable with people and I am, you know, in, in an environment that makes me feel comfortable and safe and whatnot, I'm very open. Uh, and just very outgoing and I reach out to people and I hold conversations I'm not scared of social interaction but then I can be in another environment where I feel a lot more closed off and this happened specifically when I first started university because I moved countries for university so I was by myself in a new country that I was discovering etc And I was shy around people, like I was in Constantine and here people speak Arabic. Now, I am Algerian, I understand Arabic, but at that point I didn't really speak it because we didn't really speak it a lot back home. And I was shy speaking Arabic with people because I had a very thick accent. Um, I was just really... I kept to myself a lot because I didn't want to be perceived as that expat girl with a very thick accent who's not from here. Like, I have this thing where I don't like being noticed. I really like just, you know, I forgot the expression in English, but it's basically not really being noticed in the crowd not really standing out and I feel comfortable this way and I have this one person who labeled me as an ice queen (laughs) and now that I think of it I'm just like ice queen for someone to say you are very cold uh when I know that I myself am not a cold person really made me think because then the same person saw me 
a couple of months later with a group of friends and they were like you are two completely different people like you know with us in class you are very silent even outside of class when I'm surrounded by my classmates I was just like this very silent person who didn't talk much was just like keeping to herself and with friends I'm like the complete opposite and that shocked them and you know due to this I thought that I was an introvert but according to my cousin I'm just selective of my environment have you experienced something similar mm, yes let me think a, a situation um in my class i was uh, extremely introverted too i was starting to i just start to truly make friends with my classmates like um, three or two months uh, before i went to school basically i went to the a new school basically um but um in other groups like um i don't know if you i already told you but i'm i'm playing handball for like six years so in this environment like uh, even if i know anybody of my team basically um it's extremely easy to me to connect with the people like mm-hmm. extremely easy and a in handball, I don't see people like have the same convictions as me. Like they are sometimes um, extremely different. Like they are extremely different profiles. But even with it, even if this, I can connect with them easier than people that like is from my classroom. I think that's so like awkward, but. Um, normal <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> no sports definitely bring people together i don't know if you've noticed but like in events not even just playing sports but even any sports environment like the world cup you're gonna want to be friends with everyone from your country and suddenly you feel extremely connected to everyone from your country sports just have this very strong feeling of community and of bringing people together and that's that's beautiful yeah, that's true. I was thinking that's most common in Brazil because, like Brazilians, <laughs> if you go in a stadium in a in a in some game, you see what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. But I was like, uh, like I said, um, feeling that only in Brazil, like in the other countries, they don't have this um, the same connection with the, the sports and stuff. Yeah, maybe you're you're a bit biased, I think, because you're Brazilian, <laughs> so you're like us in Brazil. Um, but yeah, maybe, I don't know. I've never been to Brazil, never been in a stadium in Brazil, so I don't really know. But, you know, recently there was the football Arab Cup. I don't know if you've heard of it, but Algeria was playing and all of these other Arab countries were playing. And we had friends who are in the Dubai metro and they were wearing like the football jersey of the, the Algerian football team. And they had these other Algerian people that they did not know who were not in Algeria. They were in the UAE and they just saw them from afar and were like, yo, you guys, you're great. We're going to play the game and we're going to win. And we have this like football saying, which is one, two, three, Viva l'Algérie, which is like three languages in one. And they were they just like started screaming this in the middle of the Dubai Metro with absolute strangers. So I think you have some competition with Algerians as well when it comes to that. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's the thing that I imagine uh, um, Brazilians doing easier. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, in a Brazilian, see other Brazilian in the other country, it's like they are ex, uh, instantly best friends. It's, yes. <laughs> it's extremely uh, funny. Like uh, I remember that time when I was in Italy, I was in mm-hmm. Venice. I don't know how to, how to say it in English. It's the city that have like the the yeah. gondos and the stuff yep. in the in the middle of the streets, basically. And I meet a Brazilian that's trying to take a picture, and, they, and he is he is pissed because the the people are passing in front of them, and the, and he's trying to 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 take the picture. And I said, just cara, difícil uma foto, hein? I said, just bro, it's it's hard to get a picture, so. In Brazilian, and he said to, "Wow, you're Brazilian too." They they hug me instantly, and uh, it took the, we took the picture. <laughs> the, the picture um, how can I say it? Um, together. That is adorable. Like I love how yeah. they just like hugged you straight. That's really nice. It is yeah. true that people abroad tend to connect more easily with people from that country because they feel like they have something in common and, you know, they build a sense of community and belonging around that. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yes. Now, talking about community more specifically, how do you think we can build a community or like we, how can we build strong and meaningful relationships that make us feel comfortable and safe okay that's a really tough question (laughs) um let me think a little um maybe showing our fragilities it's a thing that I see more. Um, I see more often in Isaac or other uh, environments, but but mostly in Isaac and some social works. When you start mm-hmm. to say your fragilities and not be afraid of um, showing them to other people, you start to feeling more connected, and the people f- start to feel more connected f- with you. Um, I was in a project of some social work that the people are social uh, social it's chemical dependence basically and you see some histories that it's extremely um how can i say fragile the, of them um, showing this history to you saying this history and sharing this history with you and mm-hmm. you not judge them you're not like judge what they do it's the opposite it's the opposite we're starting to feeling connected with them. We're starting to feeling like you are you understood the what the the people pass through, and you start to feeling more connected. It's easier to connect with the people share a history like this, like this, like that story, basically. So I think it's mostly about showing our fragility and not being afraid of showing, like sharing and truly. I don't know how to how I can explain it. Being vulnerable, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, 
it is true that it feels like we all have a big wall around us and you know most of the time I feel like when we look into a sea of strangers we only see people who are okay and people who are doing fine and maybe people who we think that they have no problems but everyone is going through their fair share of trouble and taking those walls down and sharing a part of the burden makes us realize that we are all going through the same thing um talking about exec activities and all of that uh we had a you know we had a local conference and we had this workshop with everyone so we had the oldies the newbies and they made us all like stand in a line like we were all standing next to each other and there were prompts so we would take a step back or take a step forward according to the prompt so let's say the prompt was uh i have a roof over my head if it applies to you you take a step forward if it does not apply to you you take a step back and the questions started off very like smooth and easy and it was like i what was it again it, it started off pretty light of like i am happy to be here i love this series or like this trending movie and then it got extremely deep where people started crying <laughs> like that was just extremely emotional because the prompts were like i lost a loved one recently or i've been depressed and i haven't been able to reach out to people or i am in a toxic household or i don't like what i'm studying or i am stuck in a period of my in a phase of my life where i feel stuck and the prompts got deeper and deeper and deeper and as you saw people take a step forward or take a step back you could feel them connecting through this because you look around you and you see so many other people that you actually know going through things in a similar way even though you've never talked about it so it definitely builds this sense of feeling like you are going through it together like you are not by yourself and that other people can understand you i swear to god by the end we were all crying you just had like a hundred people bawling their eyes because <laughs> it was just so emotional but it is true vulnerability is very very powerful vulnerability is something that we need to appreciate more and definitely embrace more and practice more of course yeah definitely i was starting to to um when you are telling this history i start to remember my one of my reunions if my um eb my executive board mm -hmm. and some some of the one of the girls that i have connected because i'm vp idg and she is vp b2b so i have like a extremely synergy extremely contact with them if she and in a in a, in a moment with db we've made a kill david uh, life river i don't know if you heard about it mm -hmm. no i haven't heard about it what is it uh you have to like divide your life in three moments like uh, um like i'm 20 years when you're one years old i divided zero to 10 years um 10 
to 18 years and 18 to to now basically and you have to to said to say the most marking moment and the most happier moment and the most saddened moment of these three um, moments of her life these three um, parts of her life basically she was studying like normally if like uh, everyone and she said that she lost her brother like two weeks ago and i was like what i didn't know it i didn't know that she's passing through it i didn't see um she's um passing through it and didn't notice that she's passing through it mm-hmm. it was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah. i just freeze it i just don't know how to say it. how i can who, what i can say it. all right grief is definitely something that you know is a bit hard to handle for the person but also for the people around that person um like I don't know what to say to anyone who's lost a loved one but I also lost a loved one a few years ago and I didn't know how to say it to people like I did not know how to tell some of my closest friends that I had just loved that I had just you know lost someone and I have friends (laughs) to this day I've never actually said it out loud they either heard it from someone else or understood it from some context and you know for some for some people it's very hard to share and it's very hard to bear because I don't know I don't know how to explain it specifically but grief is weird to say the very least (laughs) grief is honestly weird for not just the person going through it but for everyone around them as well helping them through it yeah, I understand. Are you someone who prefers group settings or one-on-one conversation? If you had to pick one of them, what would it be? Um, one-to-one, I think. It's easier to connect. It's like, a, a, like I said, I was a, um, I'm an introverted person. Mm-hmm. And I feel extremely more comfortable if only one people. Like you can see the difference um, for, how can I say, you can see the difference um, easier. Like it's extremely different. The way that I talk with three or like five or people that I know, that I don't know that mm-hmm. from one people that I don't know, it's easier to me. It's extremely easier to, to get in contact and um, establish a good um, contact if people that um if people uh, with uh, was alone like i i love the o2o's in isaac because of that it's extremely um yeah. a market moment it's extremely easy to to just transform that in a usual usual conversation not just a part of the work i think that's so um, fantastic in Isaac you can transform some moments that's from work to a just normal moment not like you have to do that um, mm-hmm. or better you have to do it but you don't feel that you have to it's like uh, you are doing because you are a few, if some friends and they like to they want to do that basically it's not like part of the work 
and you have to do that. That's true. One to ones are one to ones are definitely a very very cool feature <laughs> of being an ice hacker because you get to connect on, you know, a normal level of two people talking and two people talking about their goals and what they want to learn because at the end of the day we are all volunteering for this uh, organization and you know going into it I think it's all because we want to be better versions of ourselves we want to learn more about specific things and being surrounded by people who strive towards the same things is very empowering and it also gives you a community that you can rely on as you're going through the journey together so it's definitely a very cool thing yes definitely <laughs> now let's go back to feeling lonely when you're going through a tough period are you someone who exteriorizes how they feel or interiorizes it as in i think i'm pronouncing this wrong but as in do you feel the need to express your emotions or do you keep them in mm, it depends depends on the environment um with some people it's easier to me to said what i'm passing through what i'm feeling but with some people it's harder it's normal but um one thing that i was um repairing I was starting to to see in myself it's that um get more used to show to tell the people what I'm I'm facing like but um I'm still more like um I keep the things to myself basically and then mostly but now I'm starting to exteriorize more um mm -hmm. and I don't know how to to say it but to me i think the best way to to deal with a tough moment it to is to exteriorize it but in this moment that i'm, I'm facing this conviction i don't remember that <laughs> like it's not that i i try to not say to people what i'm facing i just forget no mm -hmm. i don't know if it's the same for you or it's, or it's uh, similar yeah, I, I actually, this is pretty endearing, but I noticed uh, recently that I have this one friend who has been a very close friends for over five years now. And we've been, you know, very close. We've been staying in touch, even though we are in two different countries for the past three years. And it's mm. so cute because we met again for the first time since three years, like, a couple of weeks ago and it was very endearing very nice um but i noticed that our conversations were like my journal and i think that this is something that it's very precious to me um but she is someone that i feel extremely comfortable with and you know in a weird twist of fate we are going through very similar events so we relate a lot to each other and I don't remember what I was searching for but a couple of days ago I was searching for something in a whatsapp conversation and I just like I scrolled up the pictures and I noticed that all of my memories good or bad everything I had been through 
was in that WhatsApp chat. <laughs> Everything was there. And so I told her, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I look through my own camera roll and I didn't have as many vivid memories of it as I did on like our shared pictures and shared messages. And, you know, this is the exception because I feel like she is my journal. I'm her journal. I, it's, it's, it's a very open and free-flowing kind of friendship where it's beautiful because I feel like we know each other's souls. And this is something that I treasure so much. But this is the one exception that I have because, you know, with everyone else, I didn't notice that I was the, the kind of person who would keep everything to herself. And I didn't notice until this one friend called me out on it when we were a bit younger because, you know, high school was a big roller coaster. And as a teenager with life, a lot of things were happening and I was kind of like going through the motions and she called me out on it. She was like, it's almost like you are showing a different part of your personality to everyone around you because you have those people who see you as extremely bubbly and outgoing and this constantly smiling person who does not have a care in the world. And you have those other people who understand what you're going through, but you only show them the tip of the iceberg. And she was like, you don't show anyone the whole version <laughs> of who you are. Yeah. And you know, now she is the one, like, she is among the people who has the whole version, the whole picture, all of that. It's very sappy, but whatever. Um, and yeah, it definitely made me realize that, as you said, as I am going through it, I cannot externalize it. Like, if I am going through something very tough right now, I can't talk about it because I feel like I'm on go mode. I am on survival mode. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> you need to go through this. You need to push through it. You need to take all of your energy and concentrate it on solving this issue so that you can, you know, leave it behind you. And then once I'm done with it, I'll go like, oh, by the way, that happened. And then people are like, that what? You said what? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm learning to, I'm learning to, let people in I'm learning to not necessarily share the burden because the, the reality of things is that no one is going to solve your issues no one is going to come with a magic solution or no one's going to take away your problems but what they can do is offer you some comfort what your friends can do what your family can do is be supportive be present for you and now, this is a question that I've been trying to ask a bit more when I notice that someone is going through a tough period. It's just, how can I support you best right now? Do you need to vent? Do you need me to listen to you? Or do you just need me to sit down and be with you? Because, you know, when we think of ourselves, we don't need people to tell us what to do when we are going through something tough. Sometimes you just need them to be there, like their own... The sole fact that they are there means a lot. And asking that question is a very big <laughs> game changer because I've had some friends go like, I would rather just not talk about it, but I would appreciate it if we could like watch a movie. And 
just like take my mind of things and you have other people who are gonna go like i really need to talk about this uh just to get it out but i don't need your opinion or your help and you have other people who are like i need your input on this so you know opening up to people but also making more effort so that people feel more comfortable around you and feel more comfortable in their environment is something that i've been trying to work on because it goes both ways you know just the way that i would want to feel comfortable around my friends and my family i would want them to feel comfortable around me the same way so it's a two-way street i would say in a way what do you think i think when you are more super supportive and you are often to and you are av available to help the people and ask them what they want like what they what you can do for them it's easier to connect because um the people decides what they want not like you yeah. you just um tell me uh, tell me what you're facing through sometimes the people don't want to tell the people just feel that you have to to deal with it um in silence for a little more longer or they can't describe it in a in a clear form that you can um, picture the whole image so sometimes just being there and just saying that I, I i'm here to help you i'm here just tell me what what you need basically it's easier to get a conflict because you can choose like what you think they you need in this moment and you see that people are not like uh, i just want to hear it's like i just want to help yeah. so it's a uh, other form and this other form uh, means a lot definitely it does there is a difference as you just said between wanting to hear them out and just wanting to help because this is this may be weird but i've noticed there are some people who when they see that you're going through something they reach out to you and they want more information not necessarily because they want to be supportive or they want to offer you a place to vent but because they're curious and <laughs> i don't know if you ever come across such people but it's something that i've been noticing more of just like people reaching out because they want to like satisfy their curiosity or know what's happening with you because that's their nature and there is definitely a very big difference between just knowing and not feeling the need to know but only wanting them to get better and only wanting to help them did you ever meet such people or come across them mm, describe the the type of the people again like when let's say you not just not necessarily you but someone is going through something and you have those people who are going to reach out to them only because they're curious about what's happening in their lives not necessarily because they want to help mm. let me think mm, it's hard to say i don't like some people like are just seeing that you have in that you are in some uh, some way sometime and they want you to to understand why you are in that way 
but not necessarily want to like help like it's if it's so difficult they don't want to help or they just don't know how to help in yeah. a way so they just want to hear it sometimes i don't think it's like the people just wanted to to the people just want to understand that people just want to hear it. sometimes they are trying to help but they don't know how to help it's like you you said before and when somebody lost some someone I don't know how to how, what I can say. I don't know how I can help. But when you ask um, how I can help, how I can support you, um, it's easier. You know, I think the it's not by only curious. I think some people are just. Um, I think some people are curious, but it's not like a uh, people that you can call friends. Just like a people that are seeing that you are awkward. They want to understand why we're awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, because mm-hmm. they want uh, something for you or they are just, what's happening? <laughs> you know, why you can't connect with you normally? Why you are so uh, quiet? Why you are so um, not, uh, how can I say, slow? <laughs> My old VP, yeah. she was, in the moments that she's um, bad, she just, uh, you are talking with her saying uh, a lot of things and she doesn't understand she was like in in her own world and she's disconnected dis- disconnected from everything and so in the the first moment i'm trying to understand what's happening and i'm trying to help her but i don't see what i can help you know so it was awkward to me like uh, i'm trying to help and I'm trying to, to connect with, with her, trying to see what she's facing, but I just can reach it. Nope. Yeah. And um, other time, I was trying a lot to understand what is happening. So she opened to me. And this moment, I couldn't um, really find a way to help. But it was, I was not just curious in the beginning. I was trying to help. But in the, it, it um, appeared that I only was um, curious because I was like, what's happening? Why you are being this way? Why are you why not, under, not understanding? You are, um, fit, you are so tired. Why you are so disconnected? Why you don't... I don't know. She wasn't in, in his own world, basically. I don't know how to, to translate it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is true that it does happen. And I really like what you mentioned about how you know, sometimes when you're going through something, it shows through like other things. Let's say, okay, let's say that you are feeling lonely to tie it back to the subject and you don't necessarily know how to reach out or how to exteriorize it, but some people around you may notice it because maybe you're becoming a bit more distant or maybe you haven't been sleeping well or maybe you have been acting in a weird, unusual behavior. So it is true that you know those things that we sometimes think we are hiding or keeping to ourselves, can be very apparent through other signs which accompany this feeling. It's like the same thing with, you know, dealing with 
depression or anxiety you have like other quote-unquote symptoms that come along with it such as like lack of sleep uh very rapid heartbeat all of these other things that can help people notice when we are not doing well and these are signs that we can keep in mind also when thinking of the people around us and our friends and family we can notice that they are not doing well based on those little signs that they've been acting unusual or that they've just been in their little corner which may be unusual for them so yeah definitely yeah how do you think we can deal with loneliness and negative emotions overall i think we have to it depends um but mostly try to engage with more people even if you are like extremely lonely you are feeling so um, unconnected you are feeling so tired you are feeling so a lot of things um, try to connect it's the most it's the best way trying to, to force you to connect it with more people or try just to ask for help it's the, the easier because um, sometimes you are extremely uh, like i said tired and we don't want to try we don't want to to keep trying we just want to um, be more lonely it's awkward but makes sense i don't know <laughs> so um maybe help it's the it's the best way but but if you are like extremely lonely you don't have nobody you don't wanna you don't see somebody that you can ask for help <laughs> maybe some some entity or some some entity that wants to help people when they are lonely mm-hmm. but <sighs> It's hard to say. Depends on the the, the situation of the people. Like yeah. if they are nobody, if they don't have nobody, it's extremely more hard than you have like two or three people that you can count. You know, if you have like one people that you can count, you can like just say the what you are facing, mm-hmm. even if if it it's hard, you can say it, and she can help you through it. But when you don't have basically nobody it's other situation it's extremely harder like when i was 15 i haven't i have nobody basically what i starting to do is starting to to just keep going for a moment and some moments i starting to to um have a like um fast contact with some people it's not like um mm-hmm. like that i that i what i said in the beginning like hi how are you i'm fine and you i'm fine too bye but <laughs> after some time you're starting to create create um damn i don't know the word in english a bond. um yes a bond exactly this uh creating a bond if these people and starting to to um, don't feeling more lonely. Starting to base in the beginning, not feeling so lonely, and after some time, you starting just um, to feeling okay again. So I think the most the the most important thing the most important thing is keep going, not give up. And if you are in the in the moment that you don't see any um way to get it through to pass through it i think maybe 
support from the family if you don't have family or just don't or you can't count for family try to to reach some entity that it can help maybe in brazil we have like a, a entity that's like life support the name i don't know they help people they are just lonely they just you just call them and they talk to you basically just that just mm-hmm. normal talk not uh, some therapy or stuff and it helps a lot some 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 people that's a very nice thing to do honestly um now that you were mentioning you know these conversations i remember the conversation i had with my brother not too long ago where like i was just checking up on him and it went the exact same way of like hey how are you how have you been and and then he's like i'm great how are you and get oh i'm great and then the conversation died and you know when we were together a couple of weeks ago and, and we talked over this and he was like i would rather talk to you once in a blue moon but have a real conversation with you rather than like have these dead end conversations every week or every day because they hold no meaning like you know these just conversations are like how are you because you know when we ask someone how they are now it's become part of like polite conversation you ask because you're being polite and you answer i'm all right and you also because you're being polite but what it made me realize when i had this situation with my brother is that we need to also be more genuine with this little question like how are you for real how how are you really feeling and don't give me the generic answer like oh i'm great how are you because most of the time we are not great like be honest with yourself <laughs> we are maybe confused maybe you are overwhelmed maybe we are proud of ourselves that day and maybe we are whatever way we're feeling we should start defining it as it is instead of only being polite and saying like oh i'm great how are you um and you know this is obviously going to depend on the person don't open up to everyone if you don't feel comfortable and you don't have to open up to everyone but know the people who matter i don't know if you do this but there is this thing that i read somewhere or that i heard somewhere i don't remember what i got it from but it was basically explaining how we are you know let okay imagine it this way you have a point right and this point is the center of a small circle and then you have several other circles that get bigger and bigger and bigger that's your social that's your social circles so you have the small point it's you and then you have the very small circle which is it it should be very exclusive like you should only have the closest person or people to you up there for most people it's their significant other or like a best friend and then you have this other circle that's a bit bigger where you have these other people where you're close to and then you have like several several circles when it comes to this Now some people see it as not nice <laughs> labeling people and putting them into circles. But I tried this exercise and I saw where each where I would put everyone in my life and it made me realize that sometimes I'm giving 
access to myself to people who don't deserve that access for example if you have someone who is on your your so-called number six which is very far away from you they don't have the same access to you as someone who's on your second circle who's very close to you you are not going to be pouring the same energy into someone from your second circle as you are going to be in someone in your sixth circle and I don't know about you but this also is I think is very strongly related to loneliness because when you have a lot of people around you it's very easy to feel lonely because you feel disconnected from them but when you have a few people who you want to keep in your life and you are very intentional with them and very intentional with the way you treat them and you pour into them and they pour into you you have strong meaningful relationships and connections who are going to stand the long run and you know it, it helps deal with loneliness because when you know that you have people who are here for you and you're here for them you're not going to feel as lonely anymore and it's something that has personally helped me a lot because I did this little exercise and people sometimes see it as being mean or like being or like labeling people or whatever but it helped me a lot to know who the people who were the people that I wanted to keep close to me and who were the people that I was okay with and that I was casual with and who I liked having in my life but that I didn't necessarily need to pour as much energy and as much thoughts and as much whatever into because the reality of it is that we need to nurture our relationships you know we don't get a very deep friendship with everyone just like that sometimes you have instant connections and that's great but you need to invest later on in those connections so that they can remain or so that they can you know turn into something meaningful and I don't know <laughs> I guess that like this small circle analogy as well as being intentional with people this has personally helped me a lot with loneliness because I, I don't feel lonely anymore because my little circle is very supportive and it's great honestly yeah I feel you I really feel you yeah I think the same way um I have some friends that have some type of connection I have other friends that have some other type of connection and if some friends I can't um, said something that's so personal to me um, even if I have them for like um, some years and it's awkward you know because yeah. I feel like I know her I know her I know him for like um, three years and some things that she or he uh, don't know and I just don't feel comfortable telling that it's it's mm -hmm. it's if you start to think it about it it's extremely awkward like you have some people that you know for three weeks and you have a extremely great contact an extremely um supportive uh contact mm -hmm. and if some people that you know for a long a truly long time you don't have the same contact it's yes. extremely awkward if you're trying to to think about it it's because time is not a very time is not a relevant factor if you have not been using it 
like I think it ties back to the point of nurturing your relationships if that conversation of like hi hello how are you I'm great how are you great ends there you're not getting anywhere you can stay friends with that person for a billion years if that is the extent to which you're going you are your friendship is not going anywhere but then you have other people who you can know for a week or less if you want and you may have deeper connections and deeper conversations with them because you are going further than that you know the conversation does not end at how how are you i'm great and you i'm great that's only the beginning it's not the end and for so many you know bonds and relationships between people it stops there you know like hello i'm great how like hello how are you i'm great and you i'm great and it's all about taking it a step further and then another step further and another step further so if you are not using time to nurture your relationships it becomes a useless factor yeah exactly time is not like relative but like um, depends on the environment i think like some people in isaac i just know it like in one week two weeks and i have a extremely good contact like my mm -hmm. old chiao i know i have in this the first conversation that i have with him i just talked for like one hour and half and just i um, never meet the guy basically and some people you can't uh, talk for five minutes straight <laughs> yes it's awkward exactly It is true. And it just shows you that, you know, you should take that person that you're having really great conversations with and invest the time to have even better conversations with. And, you know, if you have someone else with whom the conversations are dead and you have nothing to say to them, that's okay. That's completely fine. Maybe it just means that you are not, you don't, you know, you are not meant to connect deeper or maybe there's nothing to connect deeper about and this is completely fine we are not meant to be friends with everyone on earth and we are not meant to we are not for everyone no one is for everyone you know so it's all about knowing who you want to let into your life knowing who you want to invest in who you want to pour in and knowing who you want to be there for when they are going through something and you want them to be there for you when you're going through something you know yeah yeah definitely i know <laughs> <laughs> so i really enjoyed this conversation i don't want it to be over um but i have one last question for you um what are your three key takeaways on how to deal with loneliness in a healthy way and build a strong reliable community My two ideas. I don't get the the first part. Like three tips or like three, um, uh, you know. Yeah, understand. Go for it. Mm. Okay, that's other tough questions. <laughs> um, um, being vulnerable, vulnerable, fragile. I think mm -hmm. that's the most important thing, for sure. 
the second thing i think it's um force you to to be more fragile because it's extremely hard and mostly if people that you don't know or just have a little contact like you said the circles the people that you are in the sixth circle are harder to you show fragility than the people they are in the second circle so it's about yeah. um courage to to being fragile because it's i heard that from my my lcp in my <laughs> my postulation and she said that he said that being fragile it's the most courage thing that you that you can do and in the first time i was like is it is it <laughs> so but um when i start to think about it i seeing that it's true it's extremely hard to to say the thing to say the things that you think it's uh, most deep for you it's extremely hard to said some things that some things that you said just to three or four people in your life some things yeah. that you said to nobody in your life so being fragile it's like being have courage uh, being so brave so um being fragile don't be afraid to be fragile um let me think um trying to to find something that you have in common with these people I'm trying to see what uh thing that you have in common don't be um like some people be upset like the if the people that have something that they don't agree but it's common it's normal it's normal basically trying to to see the things that you have in common not the things that you don't have in common like political things religious things trying to see other things like what uh, it's your favorite um flavor of, of ice cream for example <laughs> <laughs> something small and uh, sometimes you was trying to to start with something small and you see something um bigger and to start connecting more with people so that's the second and the third thing okay that was hard <laughs> third thing maybe um being open to other people some people are like they just don't um feeling they just feel and um, close it to other people because of these um other things that they don't agree basically or they just don't know it and they are scared of or just they don't want to be if people with this um this profile so sometimes um uh, been um i forgot what i said in the, the beginning <laughs> being them been able to connect with more people being mm -hmm. um open yeah open being open to connect with more people it's extremely important i don't know if you agree with me I do. I really like the three points that you just mentioned. Um I'll, I've said it I've said it before and I'll say it again. Vulnerability is one's biggest strength, but it's also extremely powerful. It brings people together to such extent that 
completely beautiful so I completely agree with that and you know I like what you said about connecting on the small things and then building it like <laughs> I was just thinking about the friendships that I have now who started off something very random like a book that we both liked or a joke that was told and that was extremely funny and then it you know it bloomed into a deeper friendship and those things are very true and being open being open to differences embracing differences is such a beautiful thing so I really love what you just said and I second them so much preach <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> thank you so much um thank you so much for this for this beautiful conversation for being here um I really enjoyed it thank you <laughs> don't need to thank me um it's such a pleasure to be here with you and being part of this. I've seen some of your podcasts in just the beginning and don't see the whole part, but I think it's extremely um, well-developed. Well developed. So it was an extremely pleasure to me being part of one of them. Um, I love her. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Okay, I am going to pronounce your name correctly, but I always forget how you pronounce your first name. Can you please repeat it? João. João. Victor. Yeah. Right? Joao. Perfect. Thank you so much, João Victor, for doing this with me. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you learned something, you realized something, whatever it was. I just hope that it was a nice little time that you spent with us um and yeah stay safe stay kind and until next time bye